You're listening to the Weekly Parsha Podcast with Ari Goldwag, recorded with Hashem's never-running assistance in Ramah Pichemish, Israel, 5784-2023. This week's Parsha is Parsha's Toldos, and in our Parsha we have the description of how Yaakov Avinu and Esav, their interactions, their jostling for who will be the future of the Jewish people, Esav sells his Bechayr, he sells his firstborn rights to Yaakov for a bowl of lentils. And later, Yaakov steals the blessings of Esav and runs off to Charan in order to marry Rachel and Leah, which we'll see in next week's Parsha. I'd like to share with you a thought from, actually, from this week's Parsha, and also I'm going to segue into something from next week's Parsha, because there's an amazing lesson based on a morale in a medrash that has to do with next week's parsha. But first, I'd like to share with you something that's in our parsha, and that has to do with what happened. Yaakov Avinu came in, Jacob came, and stole the blessings. He presented himself as Esav, and in that way he was able to procure the blessings that Yitzchak had thought that Esav was righteous individual. In fact, Esav was putting on a show. He made himself seem righteous, but in fact he wasn't. Yaakov came in as the true heir to the Jewish people, as the true future progenitor, which Rivka knew because she had her special nevuah, her prophecy that was given to her when she was pregnant. So she instructed her son Yaakov to get the blessings. And after Yaakov leaves having procured the blessings, in walks Esav, and he had spent a lot of time hunting. Medrash tells us that every time he caught an animal, it escaped. Every time he caught a bird, it escaped. The The cards were stacked against Esav so that he would not make it back in time, that Yaakov would be able to walk out with the blessings. But when he walks in, the Torah tells us, Ve'charad Yitzchak charad Yitzchak trembled, a tremendous trembling, when he realizes that the blessing that he gave was not to Esau, but rather it was to Yaakov, because Esau walks in second. And what's this trembling? Rabbi Yechanan says, Rabbi Yechanan tells us that when Esau came in, Yitzchak trembled because in with Esav came a sense of foreboding, a sense of Gehenna. The fires of hell were opened on, underneath him. They were opened underneath him. The, 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 the heat of Gehenna was led into the room and, and Yitzchak was overwhelmed by what happened. What's the understanding of this? Rabbi Yitzchak says that the walls of the house were shaking. So, so Yitzchak says, which means, who, where, who, where, who, who is the one that came in? And, and who, who are you? Yitzchak was confounded. So remember, Yitzchak was blind. 
But he says the words mi eifoi. Says the medrash mihu ze shu asile afis kan ani oveni yakov. Who is the one who's going to bake here? Who's the one who's going to have to endure the fires of Gehenna? Who will have to? Who will pay the price for what's occurred here? Ani Abini Yaakov Yitzchak thought that the mistake that he made was going to be paid either by himself because he didn't he had a suspicion that it wasn't Esav, but he didn't he didn't go with his intuition, or is it Yaakov who's going to pay because he tricked his father? To this, God says to him, You are not the one who's going to be baked. You are not the one who's going to pay in the fires of Gehenim. It's the one who is Tzad Sayed. It's the one who was a trapper. Who was the trapper? Who was the trapper? Who was known as a trapper? It was Esav himself. Why? As we found earlier, as Mephorshim explained, Esav, and as we mentioned before, Esav was somebody who would come to his father and present himself as a tzaddik. Look, I want to take off tithes on salt. I want to take off tithes on my straw, which there's no obligation to take tithes on salt or straw. It's only on things that grow. But he would show himself to be extra righteous. Not in order, not because he was actually righteous, but in order to trick his father. The one who tricked his father, that's who's going to pay. That's who's going to pay with the fires of Gehenna. I'm skipping a little bit. This is what we mentioned before. The Medrash tells us that the entire day, Esav was trying to catch deer. He was trying to trap deer, and they would escape. He would catch them and they would escape. Because a Malach would come and release them. He would catch birds and the angel would come and release them. All of this was why? In order that Yaakov should come and catch the blessings that were meant for him. Esav spends his whole life, all of, all of his existence, at this point in time, if we make a calculation, they were 63 years old, Esav and Yaakov. 63 years old, if I'm not mistaken. And, and they spent their whole life Trying, he's putting on a show. Esau's putting on a show. Yaakov is sitting in the tent, studying the Torah, becoming a greater person. And Esau is putting on a show, and he's putting on a show. And the gig is up. The gig is up because you can't take the blessings which represent the future of the Jewish people, which represent, we'll see much more what they represent soon. But I want to share with you one more point in this medrash and ask a question on it. But it's Yaakov who comes and I will will add, importantly, that it's Yaakov at the end of time, throughout time, Esav, who is the West, the European countries, the Russians, the Chinese, the America, the you know, all of the civilized world, who is represented to the world, what it looks like to 
serve God with their idolatrous religion called Christianity. But they've presented themselves in a certain way, but at a certain point the gig is up. The atheism, which is the inevitable result of a false god, it creeps up. And just when it seems like the time has come for them to take their to take their blessings, to take their place as the ruler of the world, there's a fall. points out that this verse also teaches us that the righteous individual does not waste does not waste his reward by trying to get reward in this world. The blessings of this world are only a means so that the righteous can focus on spiritual matters so he can focus on spiritual accomplishments on his relationship with God on his relationship with his fellow man on his relationships with all those around him not for his own personal benefit and gain the opposite of an Esav Esav just cares about the blessings because he wants the physical realm Yaakov needs the blessings so that he can have the spiritual realm now the measure points out something which is Tamua, which which is the main thing that I want to focus on, and I'm going to bring shortly the Medrashim next, that's connected to next week's Parsha, it's actually in Parsha's Amor, in Vayikra, but it's on, a, it's on the beginning of next week's Parsha. This Medrashim says something, Va'achoyl Mikol. Yitzchak Avinu, when he says to Esav, who was it that just left? I ate from all of that which he gave me. Va'achoyl Mikol. The language that he uses is, I ate from all. The manager says something needs explanation. Rabbi Huda says that it, it, he ate from it all. What does it mean at all? All that was created from the six days of creation. He had a taste of, he had a spiritual taste a taste that reached back all the way to that original untainted world that Hashem created in its perfection in all of its glory he was able to taste that in the food that Yaakov brought in order to get his blessings Nehemiah says from all the good that is waiting for the future which, by the way, are really the same thing. Because when we're waiting for Mashiach, we're waiting for the world to be returned to its rectified state, to the way that it was originally created before the sin of Adam HaRishon. But what does this mean exactly? So the Mephorshim explained that it was the, the food that Yaakov brought for Yitzchak in order to inspire him, to calm his nefesh, in order that he'd be able to give a blessing. The food was like the man. It had a taste that it could taste like anything. We know about the man that it could taste like anything you wished. That's for the tzaddikim. The righteous individual who ate the man, the manna, it could taste like anything that you wanted. What is the idea? And this is referred to as that which was in the, in the six days of creation or what's going to be in the future time. Amar lo'i ikari shal davar ma 
Esav turns to, to Yaakov and says, okay, you say that he fed you everything. Okay, everything is a lot. Like, what, what was the main thing that he fed you? Amr lai eni Yisuf says, I don't know exactly. The time I see tam pas, tam basar, tam dagim, tam chagovim, tam kom adam shavayilam. When I ate, when I ate what he brought me, it had a taste of bread. It had a taste of of meat. It had a taste of fish. It had a taste of chagovim. It had a taste of all different enjoyable foods in the world. I'm not going to read the rest of the medrash. There's more to this medrash. Actually, no, I will. Rebrechia said, when Esav heard that it had a taste of meat, he started to cry. Esav said, what did I eat in order to be willing to give up my firstborn rights? To give up my firstborn service of God? To give it to Yaakov? I ate a bowl of lentils. Atasha echicha basar. Right? Lentils is a crass food. It's not a high, you know, it's not a fancy food. It's not something that requires preparation. It's not, it's gas. Atasha echicha basar. When Esav heard that Yitzchak was given meat, he knew that Yaakov, because he gave him meat, was able to get those blessings, not just the Bechaira, the firstborn rights, but the Beracha, the blessings, were able to be taken because of what Yaakov did. Now, what is the idea of something that has a taste of all the tastes? What is the idea of something that could taste like whatever you want? Like anything you want. What does that mean exactly? And why is that so important in this moment that Yaakov is, is getting the brachas for Klal Yisrael, for, for the future, for us. And, and, and removing it from the nations of the world so that they don't have it because they will abuse it and ruin it. What is the understanding of, of it in context? And what is the contrast between the crass food that Esau eats, which is the red stuff, the lentils, and the, the basar, the meat, that Yitzchak eats. So I want to share with you, you know, as as Yaakov leaves, as Yaakov is running away, he's he's stolen the brachas and now Esav is angry at him. Esav wants to kill him and Rivka says then you must run away. As he's running away at the beginning of next week's parsha, the Torah tells us a famous dream that Yaakov has that he sees a ladder. He sees the angels that are climbing and coming down. Now what do these angels represent? says the Medrash, an incredible thing. This is in Parshas Amor. It's quoted by the Maral. I'm going to share with you what the Maral says as well. It's in Parshas Amor, chapter 29. And it's in the Maral, in Netzach Yisrael. See there, chapters 20 and 21. Amazing. That's to do with our times. That's to do with the ultimate war between Paras, which is Iran, and Edom, the West. Rav Nachman starts off and says, Don't worry, my servant Yaakov. He has a dream as he's running away. Right? It's important to know these stories run one into another. 
He's running away. Why is he running away? Because he just stole the blessings from Asa who wants to kill him. He's running away. He's going to start calling Israel. He has the blessings in tow. He has a promise in tow. He has a dream and he sees the, the ladder. And he sees the, he sees the angels climbing and, and coming down. Says Rishmo Barnachman, a very famous idea that the angels that he saw were the angels which represent the nations, each nation of the, the nations of the world. Hashem showed him the angel which represents Babylonia, which was the exile that the Jewish people would have to go through between the first and second temple. And it, it, it climbed 70 rungs, representing 70 years. And then he saw the angel going up 52 rungs and coming back down. And the Greek, the, the angel which represents the Greeks, went up 180 rungs, because it would rule over the Jewish people for 180 years. Adam went up, and it went up at least 1,953 rungs, because we're still waiting for it to fall. And measure says, it wasn't clear how many. It seemed like it would never come down. Yaakov saw the angel of Esau climbing. And he said, maybe it will never come down. There's going to be a final gullus, a final exile of the Jewish people. Rome, the West, destroyed the Beis Hamikdash, the Temple. Rome, the West, prevents us from rebuilding our Temple. Maybe it will never come down. Maybe it will never end. God says to him, Don't worry. Even if he comes all the way up to heaven, even if Esau's angel comes all the way up to heaven, he thinks that he is so spiritual. He shows the world how spiritual he is. He believes in God. Even if he rises all the way up, I will throw him down. He will never replace you. Pasuk in Avadia, Obadiah chapter 1 verse 4 says, If he will rise up like an eagle, and if he will be between, he'll place his, he will place his nest between the stars, going to be thrown out. Listen to this. This teaches Yaakov saw each of these angels representing each of these four terrible, difficult exiles going up and down. Shem says to Jacob, I want you to rise up also. Come up. Come up the ladder. Jacob was afraid. He said, If I go up the ladder, maybe I will also come down like the other, like these angels. God says to him, No, you need not worry. This verse that we quoted at the beginning from Jeremiah chapter 46, verse 27 Do not be afraid, my servant Jacob. 
Do not be afraid. You will never fall. When you rise up, finally, you will never fall. When you rise up, finally, you will never fall. He didn't believe him. He didn't have the full amuna, And so he didn't go up. And that's why Hashem says to him, look, if you had come up and you had believed me and you had trusted me, even though it seemed impossible because you saw every single one of them came up and went down, if you would have come up, you wouldn't have fallen. But now that you did not believe me and you didn't rise up, you didn't climb the ladder, the future is that before you'll be able to finally rise, your children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren will have to be mishubadim. They'll have to be subservient to these four powers. Bavel, Modai, Yavon, Greece, Edom, the West. But in the end, at that time, Jacob was fearful. Is it going to be forever? Don't be afraid. I'm going to save you from afar. Ultimately, we come back. We come back from Babylonia. We come back from Madai. We escape the Greek exile. And we will escape. And it brings Pesukim. We will escape from the Edom exile. It's going to be a long one. They, they will, they will be destroyed, but you, the Jewish people, will never be destroyed. So the Maral explains what is the idea here. What is the concept? He says an amazing thing. He says there are four Goliaths. He says there are four exiles, and they are represented by the four different directions that you can go: north, south, east, west. Okay. Now. Those are the four different powers, but you have to understand something. There's only really one place. You can go in many different directions, but there's only really one place, and it's only the center, because wherever you are is here, right? This is a deep idea. Hear this well. Wherever we are is here. And this is something that we see also with the lulav. When we shake the lulav, we we shake it in all of the different directions. Actually, we also go up and down. And we always bring it back to the center. And when we say Hashem's name... We keep it in the center. And the Jewish people, says the Maral, represent the center. Represent the space that doesn't doesn't change, doesn't move. And you know, because each of these different powers, whether it's Paras, whether it's Modai, whether it's whether it's Edom, whether all of these different ones, because they have a different direction, so they go out, but they always come back in. They, they go up, so to speak, but they always come back. Because the definition of their movement is in a certain direction, but what goes up must come down. The Jewish people are different. And, and in a moment we're going to come back to understanding what is the idea of the food that has every taste. The Jewish people are in the center because the center has every direction. Just like the man, the man had every taste, 
and the food that Yaakov Avinu fed to his father Yitzchak, which earned him the blessings, had every taste, the Jewish people are in the center and they have every direction. What does this mean? It means that when they move, the movement of the Jewish people, our movement doesn't move away from the center. Our movement up the ladder intensifies the place where we are. It intensifies Hashem in the world. He is. Hashem is. We are His representatives in the world. So when Hashem commands Yaakov, climb the ladder, it's a statement of intensify the center that you are, where you are. Climbing the ladder doesn't mean that you're moving out of your place. You continue to stay in your place. Only the nations of the world, when they move, they move far away. And, but they end up coming back because you can't, you can't really go too far. There's not really space. It's an illusion. The physical realm is an illusion. Like we saw in the first Medrash, Yaakov Avinu, the tzaddikim, don't waste their time on this world. On the Dalad Ruchais, the four directions of this world, on the physical realm. Because the only thing that really matters is movement in the spiritual realm. And what is that? What happens as a result of that is that when a person strengthens his spiritual connection, when he strengthens his relationship with Hashem, when he climbs the ladder of Ruchnius, he gets every direction. He gets every success. He has military success. He has spiritual success. He has, he has monetary success. All of the blessings come. All of the promises are fulfilled. All of the things that Asa wants, he can't have them. Because all he is is a bowl of lentils. He just has the caress, the gas, the, the mundane aspect of reality. But as the farther out he goes, he always has to come back. He still wants the blessings. He knows what he, what's really about, but, it, He's always going out, and when he goes out, he keeps getting stuck. He keeps hunting, and the deer keeps escaping. At a certain point, you always end up back in the center. You always have to come back to the center, and if you've gone too far out, you're destroyed. And that's what happens to Esau in the end. And that's what happens to each of these gullies, the exiles that we have to go through. And we, the Jewish people, keep our center. We keep our relationship we keep climbing on this ladder because climbing on the ladder doesn't mean that we move out of our place. It means that we intensify who we are, the spiritual aspect of who we are. And when we do that, the taste of our food, the taste of our food can taste like anything. The, ble- the spiritual blessings that we acquire give us every physical blessing automatically. A good example of this is when I'm focused on trying and trying, hishtadlus, hishtadlus, and we've spoken about this a lot in the Bitochen podcast, when I'm so involved in trying so hard, all of the different things that have worked for other people, but I'm, I'm getting farther and farther and farther and farther away. I'm like Esav, getting farther and farther away from the center, which is HaKadosh Baruch who is the source of all success. I don't need to work. I don't need to try so hard. I need to... The only thing I need to try so hard on is my relationship with Hashem. The blessings will come automatically. 
They will come automatically. And wherever I go, just like Yaakov Avinu, as he runs away, he's acquired the blessings. How? Because he became somebody. He climbed the ladder. He became somebody. He was a Yeshev Eholim. He was spiritually connected. And he continued that as he ran away, so to speak. He was running towards his future. He was climbing the ladder. It may take time. It may take a few thousand years for the Jewish people to reach that place. But it's going to happen. Because we're always climbing. And all of the blessings ultimately will come upon us. And all of those who sought the blessings far away in some other place that's not connected to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that's not connected to Eretz Yisrael, it's not connected to the land where we belong. Ultimately, all of those false idols, false gods, will come crashing down. And the truth will be revealed. I want to bless you and ask you to bless me. Hashem should help us that we should be able to take this lesson to heart, to realize that we have it inside of us. We are the children of Avraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. We have access to these blessings. Hashem should help us to recognize it. Hashem should help us to reinforce it. Hashem should help us to climb that ladder. And Hashem should help us to taste the taste of all of the amazing tastes of the six days of creation and of the future time. May it come soon. Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful Shabbos. This podcast was made possible through the gracious donations of listeners like you. For more podcasts like this, please visit www.arigoldwag.com or search on iTunes, Ari Goldwag.